Welcome to Now the Yoga Begins, a weekly podcast exploring yoga beyond the mat, the living of yoga, not just the practice of it. You can receive this podcast in written form direct to your inbox. Just head to embodimentyoga.substack.com slash subscribe. I'm your host, Erin Van Krimpen. Let's dive in. Welcome, beautiful listeners, to the first of our Yama Reflections for this year, beginning with Ahimsa, non-violence. As we know from our consideration of yoga history and Patanjali, which if you haven't checked out on the written posts on Substack, just head to embodimentyoga.substack.com, the Yoga Sutra set out an eight-limbed path of yoga. These are Yama, Restraints. Niyama, observances, um, asana or asana, physical postures, pranayama, breathing techniques, pratyahara, sense withdrawal, dharana, concentration, dhyana, absorption or meditation, and samadhi, enlightenment or bliss. As humans, we often look at a list like this and see a path, a list of steps we must take in order to reach the end. The temptation is to spend all our time mastering one step before moving on to the others, or perhaps the inverse, racing through the initial steps to reach the last and deem ourselves masters or complete. However, they're described as limbs because taken all together, they form a tree with limbs and branches, each an important part of the whole. Consistent and persistent work on the first four limbs of this particular tree can help us find ease in the last four. But there's no one limb we should spend more time on than others. In fact, each limb is a tool to assist with another. The yamas help us with asana. Pranayama helps us with dharana. Asana helps us with dhyana. However, the yamas and niyamas, or the restraints and observances, are the philosophical principles of yoga, and we can be really assisted with a foundational understanding of these to help us with all of the limbs and just in life in general. Note here how asana is not first or even second on this list. If you look at any form of media on yoga today, social media, blogs, magazines, you'd be forgiven for believing that asana is the be-all and end-all of yoga and everything else is just there to support it or as an add-on or as a nice-to-have. This is because yoga has been colonised by Western cultures as a fitness practice with benefits of mindfulness as thrown, thrown in as an added incentive. The truth is, asana is simply a tool designed us, designed to assist us achieve the purpose of yoga, which is union, which is, if you didn't already know, the, um, the translation of yoga is union. Union with ourselves, with our world, with universe, divine, source, God, whatever you call it. It's not the most important tool and it's not the least important tool. Doing a lot of asana or being able to do advanced poses doesn't make us better or worse at yoga than someone whose mat practice is much more simple. Personally, I believe that asana is the practice ground 
for the niyam, the yamas and niyamas and yoga more broadly it's where we can begin to notice the ways we avoid certain restraints or lean into certain observances it's where we make the connection that we the way we treat ourselves on the mat is the way we treat ourselves in life and where we can wonder is this yoga So in February, March, April and June of this year, we'll be exploring the yamas, the first limb of Patanjali's eight limbs, which is comprised of ahimsa, which is non-harming or non-violence in thought, word and deed, satya, which is honesty or truthfulness or non-lying, asteya, non-stealing, brahmacharya, right use of energy, aparigraha, non-greed or non-hoarding. You can see from this list why the yamas are known as restraints. Each refers to not doing something rather than doing something in a positive sense. Ahimsa, not enacting violence. Satya, not lying. Asteya, refraining from taking what is not ours. Brahmacharya, not using our energy in a way that is wasteful. Aparagraha, not taking more than we need. They're a wonderful place to start because it's easier to notice ourselves doing something and then refraining from it than it is to notice ourselves not doing something and then starting it. The latter there is the work of the niyamas, but don't worry, the yamas are going to help us get there. For me, Ahimsa, the first of yoga's ethical principles, was the beginning, the true beginning of my love affair with yoga. Ahimsa asks us to do no harm, and we do this by beginning with ourselves. In asana, for example, this means not pushing ourselves into poses or positions that cause pain, injury, or harm. What's that? A teaching about something physical that wasn't no pain, no gain, or if it's not hurting, it's not working. A teaching inviting me to be gentle with myself and then move to the edge unfathomable. As a person who has lived in a fat body my entire life, it was like my whole being, mind, body and spirit breathed a sigh of relief when I took in this teaching. Finally, a movement practice, because in the early days that's what it was for me, that didn't require me to want a different body than I had in order to participate. In all the rest of my life there was this sense that my acceptance into a fitness space was dependent on the idea that I was there to get better, to lose weight, to look different. Yoga didn't ask for that. Patanjali's Yoga Sutras start with Artha Yoganasanasnam. I think I've got that right. My favorite translation of which is, now the yoga begins. Now the yoga begins. Not when there's a certain number on the scales, not when you look a certain way, not when you are more flexible or less stressed or so on and so on. Now, right now, just as you are. Ahimsa means treating ourselves with compassion, practicing asana with the body we have right now without trying to change it, without trying to force ourselves into poses our bodies simply aren't capable of, And without judgment of ourselves for that, which is a kind of violence too. It's also not a teaching just for those of us with non-traditional yoga bodies either. 
We live in a society that idolizes the push, you know, the idea that if you're not doing everything to the very edge of your capacity, then you're not really doing it. Hustle culture, grind culture, do the most. I know many, many yoga practitioners in what would be considered traditionally yoga bodies who have realizing that pushing themselves is a form of violence. Not because pushing ourselves to the edge is inherently violent, but because doing it when our bodies or minds or spirits are asking for less can be. It's more than just physical violence. It's the violence of betraying ourselves, of what we know to be true. When we are crying out for rest and we push ourselves through a power flow because we quote unquote should, that's a form of violence. When our shoulder or knee or lower back is a little twingy, but we push ourselves to a long-held pose because we should, that's a form of violence. When we're booked for three classes a week and we go to every one of them because we should, even though we know an evening with our loved ones would be a greater contribution, that's a form of violence. A commitment to nonviolence is a commitment to the listening, to listening to the quiet whisper of our inner voice, asking us to be soft when the world around us asks us to be hard, to be gentle when we're asked to be harsh, to be tender when we're asked to be strong. So this week, your invitation is to lean into Ahimsa. To notice where you are ignoring the quiet whisper of your inner voice asking you to go gently. To consciously lean away from the push and notice what it feels like to simply be. Try this on the mat. What does it feel like to do a 30-minute practice instead of an hour-long one? What does it feel like to do a whole practice with no standing poses? What does it feel like to do a restorative practice rather than a vinyasa? What comes up for you? Try it on off the mat. What does it feel like to rest instead of doing just one more thing? What does it feel like to accept where you are instead of judging yourself for where you should be? What does it feel like to feel your feelings instead of pushing them down or away? Until next week. With ever more love, namaste. My dream is to create a vibrant community of humans engaged in the living of yoga, not just the practice of it. You can help by rating and reviewing the podcast in the app where you listen to help other yoga seekers find us here. You can also join the community. Each week we reflect on the poster episode for the week in our subscriber-only chat. Head to embodimentyoga.substack.com slash chat to join us. The intro music for the Now The Yoga Begins podcast is Everybody Up by Sasha Anday, licensed under Creative Commons via filmmusic.io. For more information, check out the show notes. Now The Yoga Begins, the podcast and newsletter are an offering of the heart, free for anyone who wishes to receive them. If you'd like to support this work, you can become a paid subscriber at embodimentyoga.substack.com slash subscribe. Monthly and yearly subscriptions are available for $10 AU per month. Until next week, thanks for listening.